Theology. Theology Unplugged. Welcome to Theology Unplugged. I am Michael Patton, and we are going to talk theology once again today. Uh, it's kind of the same thing I've been on, same subject I've been on, the issue of prophecy, the issue of the charismatic church. I, now, you know, the last thing that I want to come across with these, I really, I'm, I'm being honest with you, friends. The last thing that I want anybody to think of me as is someone who is anti-charismatic or fighting against the charismatic church, because I'm not, not at all. I mean, I am a proponent of at least the idea of a church that is filled with spiritual gifts. I mean, why wouldn't you be? I've said this many times, friends. I am the most wannabe charismatic you'll ever meet. Uh, And I'm going to continue to try for the rest of my life to pursue God in such a way. Um, Now, it's not as if I have expectations, and maybe people would say that's my problem. I don't know how to build expectations, but whenever I think of the presence of God, whenever I think of the presence of the gifts of the Spirit, especially those supernatural gifts, the gifts, you know, that, that are more controversial, by their nature, they express a more miraculous express they have a more miraculous need in order to pull them off whenever you have the gift of teaching you can have the gift of teaching and it doesn't seem miraculous now i'm not saying it's not and i'm not saying the holy spirit is not with people who are have the gift of teaching i hope i have the gift of teaching and i hope the holy spirit is using me at the present moment that's the way you think whenever you usually listen to people like me. If you're like me, you believe, hey, that guy out there teaching, um, he is tr- doing his best to follow the guidance and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And hopefully in his studies and his thoughts in his preparation and everything else, the Spirit has been with him. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to listen to him as he teaches, and I'm going to evaluate it. Critically, I'm not going to just accept it automatically because even because I respect the guy. Now, when the more and more you respect somebody, the easier it becomes. But at the same time, we still are critical. We say this person who is speaking is not infallible. He is not speaking the way that only the Lord can speak infallibly without error. Everything he says is true. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, honestly, that's that's why I'm saying this. It would be so great to have someone who at any point you listen to him is always right. In a sense, it would be great. I mean, yes, ultimately it'd be great in a a rose-colored glasses way. It would be great. But in another way, I really appreciate what we have in the way that God has set it up, at least the way I believe that God has set it up. I believe that God has set up things in such a way to where whenever we listen, we have to wrestle with things. I think he's created our mind as a learning. It's always supposed to be a learning mind. He He didn't create Adam and Eve and give them all the information and have them think perfectly, know everything, and just be able to express themselves in an infallible way. They had to grow. They had to learn even before sin. Now, sin came about very quickly, but even before that, I don't think that they had um, a, a, a better way of coming about knowledge than we do. They still had to wrestle with it. They still had to think it through. They still had to evaluate. They still had to compare. So that the, the reason why I said that is because I, I think that's a good thing. I don't think it is built into the fall that we can be wrong. 
I think it's built into humanity, the Imago Dei, which we have inherited from God in our pursuit of truth. Now, it's a characteristic of our limitations. We are not infinite as God is infinite in knowledge or understanding. Therefore, forever, even in heaven, there will be a wrestling match that we have with the information that we get to evaluate whether it's true. And that is good. And I think even in heaven, there will be people who are wrong, not not because of sin, but because that is our characteristic, is to be limited in the things that we know and understand. So whenever I look at this idea, I think it'd be great to have a source that we could go to that was always correct. But I also very much appreciate the wrestling match that we have. It's one of the reasons why I why I uh, I think there's a, an advantage to have not having a magisterium like the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church, they have their catechism. They have a magisterium. Sure, you can think through things. Sure, you can be critical. But at the same time, whenever the magisterium speaks, whenever the catechism teaches, whenever you have the Pope that is speaking from a special session, ex cathedra, and he speaks something, then it's true automatically. I mean, they're not telling you to go out and have a wrestling match and evaluate whether this is true. They're saying this is a gift from God um, that in these certain circumstances, in order to bring unity to the church and things that are controversial, we will take that up ourselves. We will evaluate it. And then we will tell you, because we have from apostolic succession, we have the ability to speak in such a way to where it is infallible. That's the Catholic Church. You've got the charismatic church in the same sense. We're all we're all we're all sh- striving towards knowing more than we know. And it's not a bad thing. And it's not a bad thing to to desire prophecy. As a matter of fact, I think we're all supposed to. This is this is to desire to talk to the Lord. This is to desire that the Lord has an unfiltered way to communicate to us. I have the gift. I mean, I have the desire for prophecy. As a matter of fact, today I have prayed that I would prophesy and that I would get prophecy. Either one. I like them both. I never have in the history of my life that I know of prophesied. And I've never received one, uh, something that is a prophecy. Now, there are certain things that I've had in my life whenever we're talking about, you know, looking for the Lord's guidance, and you do too, and I'm not trying to take this away from anybody. I think it's part of, of, of what I was talking about before, how we come to know truth and how we evaluate things, but um, I had a, uh, a time not very long ago whenever I was, whenever I was uh, going through all, all, a lot of my troubles and a lot of my difficulties. Uh, health-wise and and otherwise, and I felt like, I felt like, (laughs) I don't know, I'm trying not to use this in a manipulative way, but I felt like the Lord told me that there was one more thing, and then there was going to be at least a break, and I'm releasing you from this, this, uh, what, what I was going through, which I really didn't know what I was going through, is the time I was sleepwalking and having all the problems. And it, it, basically, he said, just a little bit more time, and it's going to be over. And it was. I mean, so far, it has been. I'm not banking on it completely, but it did give me some comfort, and I think we should gain some comfort. And now that I look back upon it, I do think there is something to that whenever that was said, uh, or that was heard, at least. 
So uh, the various way, when we're talking about the prophecy, when we're talking about the gift of prophecy, we're talking about the unfiltered word of God coming to you audibly uh, in your mind, in a dream, or from another person. And he tells us something. And the Bible tells us that the gift of prophecy is for our edification. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that is the best gift. I mean, Paul comes right out and says it, to, to desire spiritual gifts, but most of all, more than any of the other spiritual gifts, we are to desire that we should prophesy. And I think that that is very easy to do. Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Why? Again, because there's there, <laughs> there's no way I, I really need to tell anybody why prophecy is special. Why sitting down with the Lord in such a way to where he tells you something special about yourself. I mean, we how much would I love to have somebody come to me and tell me, Michael, I've got a word from the Lord for you, and he gives me something encouraging you that speaks into my life about my current circumstances, my current frustrations, my current pains, and tells me something about it. I mean, it would go deep down into my heart and warm me to to the degree that I've never been warmed because I would have the arm of the Lord wrapped around me in a different way. I would have the evidence of the Lord's presence in my life and in my struggles in a different way. And I hope he does do that. I listen to every prophet. I do not despise prophecy. I do not discourage it. I want, anytime somebody comes to me, and I've had many, many times, and says, the Lord is telling me to tell you something, I don't say, wait a minute, I'm not listening. I don't believe in that. The moment somebody says that, there is a great hope within me that it is from the Lord. If you don't believe me, I don't know what to say. I mean, <laughs> it is absolutely true. That is what I want. And you can understand why I would want that, because you love the same Lord as I do. We're all pursuing that. We're all pursuing to get one step closer to God. One day we will be there. One day we will be with him in a different way than we are now. And we will celebrate that so much with the, I, I, I just can't even imagine what that day is going to be like. So we look for it today in prophecy, the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy was there in the New Testament. It seemed to be in the New Testament times, the entire church was filled with prophets in Acts chapter 2, whenever Peter gave his explanation kind of sermon about why everybody was speaking in tongues, he said, why are you surprised? Uh, it, the Bible says, the Old Testament says that in the last days, God will give forth prophecy to many, many people. Men and women will prophesy. And in a sense, it's the democratization of prophecy to where People all over the church will prophesy. Philip even had his daughters who were prophets. I mean, they were everywhere. I love that. And I long for that, and I look for that. But at the same time, here's the deal. It's the word of the Lord. And it's different. It is different than just hearing a sermon. Hearing a sermon, 
I don't expect that person to get everything right. I have a critical mind about it. If I hear a prophecy, and I know it's a prophecy, or I think it's a prophecy, or it might be a prophecy, I don't evaluate it to critically say this. Um, if it's a prophecy truly from the Lord, I'm going to evaluate to whether it's true. The moment it, I believe it's a prophecy or think it's a prophecy, it takes on a different aura about it. It has a different influence upon me and upon you. It should. I mean, it's from the God. I mean, you can get influence. You can get advice from everybody else in the world. And then finally, it says some, somebody says, God's going to give you advice today. What in the world? Okay, that's different. Other people are going to tell you maybe what they think God is saying through the scriptures and through your life, that kind of stuff. They're not getting a word from the Lord. They're just going about their regular business, interpreting it critically as humans do, and they'll give you their advice. It'll be multiple advices, lots of different things, but one day it's going to be straight from the Lord and it's different. If you think that, if you believe that that's the possibility, it does take on a different influence. It has to. And all of this to say what? To say this. Why am I doing a podcast over this, introducing it this way? I don't know. I just, <laughs> here's what I could tell you. I could tell you, I, I could tell you a, a few different things. I could say, number one, in a very strict sense or, or in the hardest sense I can, the Lord has told me to do this podcast. And I could say something like, I don't know why, but the Lord has told me I got a very distinct word from the Lord to do this particular podcast. Now, you know, you get how that goes. I mean, at that moment, I am trying to gain credibility or I'm not necessarily trying to, I am gaining credibility uh, because I am speaking on behalf of the Lord. I am using the Lord and his reputation and saying, I'm going to speak to you by that means. I could also say, you know, I just, I, I was driving down the road and I think the Lord told me to do this podcast. That's different, isn't it? I mean, beforehand, the Lord did tell me. Now I think the Lord told me. Well, you, you still have a different little sense about it. You, you still have a different thought about it. It, it, it carries a different sense of authority because you're using God's name in order to proclaim the reason why that you have done this podcast. Or I could say, you know what? I don't know what the Lord has told me to do exactly. I'm just, you know, going about life and trying to follow him the best I can. And I think this is the podcast I want to do. And hopefully the Lord blesses it into your life. That's a whole different deal. Now, that's where I'm at right now. I don't think the Lord told me to do this podcast. I just, I've been, I've been listening to stuff. I, th this has been part of my daily routine here and there, and especially the last few days. And I've been listening to Sam Storms, a good friend of mine. Uh, Sam Storms has been doing a new podcast called the Word and Spirit Podcast. Podcast, I, I want you all to go check that out, subscribe to it. Uh, it is a great podcast. He used to be part of our podcast, as you know. I mean, he was part of basically the second round of Theology Unplugged. You had the first round, me, Greg, and Rome, and then the second round with me, Tim, and Sam Storms. This is kind of the third round where everybody's left me and I'm all by myself. 
But I've been listening to Sam Storms. It's a great podcast. I love Sam Storms. I love his voice. I love his kindness. I love him personally. I, I can't tell you how much he has done for me just on a personal level, not just teaching, but he's just a kind, kind man. He's a good man. Difference between you and him and I, as some of you know, is he is a charismatic. He's not only a charismatic, uh, he is he is a staunch proponent. He is the best charismatic, I think, out there today that represents the charismatic church. I know there's a lot of wild, crazy stuff out there. I don't think you should go to them to represent the best of. I think the Sam is the best of. And he believes deeply in the gift of prophecy. And he believes deeply that we should all be not only pursuing it, but expecting it and listening to it. Now, I pursue it. I do. I mean, the, to the best of my ability, I do, even though I've never gotten a prophecy. I, I still do. He is doing a podcast, or he has done one. He's finished this part, particular part of the series. It was the very first, uh, whenever he first started the podcast about a year, maybe a year and a half ago, but it was over prophecy. And he did one segment comparing or, or talking about whether or not, and we'll talk more about this later, but whether or not today's prophets, since the New Testament time, post-Old Testament prophecy, if that was different um, and he's making an argument that it is, that in the New Testament, contrary to the Old Testament, prophecy can be wrong. Now, he, well, you want to start that way. That's not the definition, of, but it's just characteristic that is now there for some reason. Beforehand, a prophet couldn't be wrong. And you had Deuteronomy chapter 13 and Deuteronomy chapter 18, what we talked about last time. And uh, those two those two criteria where you have to, the prophet has to show the sign of a prophet and the prophet can't mislead people to, uh, to bad theology, to follow other gods, to, to, to uh, mislead people to bad doctrine. Those are the two criteria. So they have to abide by previously revealed doctrine, scripture, and they have to show some type of sign. But the key thing is, they have to be right. I mean, that, that is a criteria. If they are prophesying, let's say, in the old times, whenever they prophesy and give a actual uh, prophetic uh, prediction about the future, prophecy is not just predictions, it's speaking on behalf of God. But in this case, sometimes the sign you would give would be a prophetic prediction about the future in order to establish your authority as a prophet so people would listen to you. And definitely I would. If people were able to predict the future, I would say they have to have access to God. But Sam makes the argument that in the New Testament that uh, now prophecy or the prophet can be wrong and... I, I, I mean, it, he still he remains a prophet. He's, it's not that he's no longer a prophet or he's disqualified in any sense from prophecy. And you kind of, you know, pat him on the back and you say next time, you know, try harder, do better. Uh, don't get discouraged. Keep on listening for the Lord and we'll keep on listening to you. Keep on giving prophecies. Keep on listening. Now, I, I don't, do not agree with that. Uh, I mean, I, I cannot find any any way to 
to, to justify that in Scripture. I know there's ways, and we'll talk about those, but I, I cannot find any way to justify it in Scripture. And the main thing is this. The main thing that I have to do at this point, if I was to even entertain that, would be to surrender my current understanding that the Lord is, that the Lord loves his word, wants to protect it, doesn't want him himself misrepresented, doesn't want his name taken in vain. He used to be that way, but now it's not quite and so important. That's kind of the way I look at it. I say, how in the world did the Lord suddenly loosen up on the most important thing? His reputation, who he is, what he has said. And suddenly we can be wrong about it, but we still need to listen to the people who are wrong about it. I just don't think that's right. Now, I'm going to play a little clip in just a moment of Sam talking about this. And his basic argument at this point, it's not his whole argument, but at this point his basic argument is since we have preachers who preach God's word and they can be wrong, why can't a prophet also be wrong? So let us let us uh, listen to this real quick. We then respond to the gift of prophecy. Just like teaching, prophecy is based on a revelation from God. In other words, in some way beyond ordinary sense perception, God reveals something to the mind of the prophet, not found in Scripture, but of course never contrary to it. The revelation, having come from God, is true. It is free from error. Just like the Bible, it alone has intrinsic divine authority. But the gift of prophecy does not guarantee the infallible transmission of that revelation. In other words, you and I can be hearing the voice of the Spirit, but we can misperceive, we can misunderstand the revelation, and consequently, we can communicate it imperfectly. My point here simply is this. The gift of prophecy can result in fallible prophetic utterances just like the gift of teaching may result in fallible teaching. Now, think about this for a moment. We hear people accusing those of us who might uh, misinterpret and misapply a revelation from God as they accuse us of being false prophets. Well, that teacher who may have taught a view of the rapture different from the one that you believe Paul is instructing us about, you don't say, oh, you're a false teacher. We got to kick you out of the pulpit and excommunicate you. The simple fact is, if teaching a gift prone to fallibility can edify and build up the church, why can't prophecy do the same as well? Even though both gifts suffer from human imperfection and stand in need of testing. So, if you're not inclined to ban the gift of teaching because um, some who exercise it make mistakes in interpretation and application, why would you ban the gift of prophecy? Simply because we sometimes misinterpret the spontaneous revelation and misapply it. All right, let me go. Okay, so you get the, you get the gist of it. I mean, he's he's equating in some sense. I mean, as, as I think about this, I, are you equating the teaching and prophecy is the same thing? I mean, because at that point, you you, you if you're going to evaluate it the same way, then you're basically saying it's the same thing, and therefore 
There's no difference between teaching and prophecy. But I know Sam doesn't think that. Sam thinks prophecy is a very specific thing to where you're getting new revelation from the Lord. So at this point, you've got a, a teacher who takes up God's word and God's world and attempts to interpret it. So God's word and God's world, those are the two books of God. You got the Bible and you got nature, you got reason. Whenever we're teaching, we're grabbing from all of those. They're already there. We didn't bring them into existence. We didn't proclaim them. We didn't write them down. They are already there. So whenever we take scripture, everybody understands that we are interpreting it personally. And therefore, it is fallible. And as I said at the very beginning, you take it differently. You, you evaluate it differently. But a prophet is not claiming to interpret something already there. A prophet is claiming to bring a new revelation from God into this world, into your life, and basically the 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 pronouncement, the proclamation, the prophecy itself is the authority. You see, I understand, and you understand right now that the Bible is the authority, that God's world and what he has revealed in nature, that's the authority. It's already there. It's objective. It's outside of me. I'm subjective. I can get it wrong. You understand that. But if I proclaim, if I take God's name and say, God has told me this though, then all of a sudden I am the objective representation of God's word. <clears throat> now I'm not saying people are trying to proclaim to be God, but what I'm saying is they're the mouthpiece of God. That's what a prophet is. And so therefore that is the objective base. And if it's a prophecy, then it, it, if it is truly a prophecy, then it is automatically authoritative. It in of itself is the objective basis, the objective representation of God. So they're very different. I mean, you can understand why we would critique someone today so much who claims to be a prophet. Now, I, I, I could give you so, so many illustrations of this, but the illustration, I'm going to end it in just a moment, but the illustration of my life is this. Uh, and it's not even really a prophecy. It's something else. It's, it's the influence of a palm reader. And I may have told you this, you may have heard it before, but when I was 12 years old, I went to a, a, a fun park. And at that fun park, you'd pay this lady a penny and... I don't, I don't know why she took a penny, but it was a, there was a penny involved, and um, she would give, she'd read your palm and tell you your, your future. I, I think it was a palm reader. It was some sort of something like that to where she told me my future. But anyway, I gave her the penny, and she said, in essence to me, and remember, I'm 12 years old. Uh, I didn't believe in this stuff. I actually was trying to give her the gospel at the same time, and it was it didn't go well. I, I wasn't a very good representation of God at that point, and I, I believed what she was doing was wrong, but I went ahead and did it just to, I don't know why, to give her the gospel, but she did say something to me. She said, hey, you be careful whenever you are above 40 and your feet, they will get bad. And then she said, also, don't drive any red sports car after you're 30. <laughs> Listen to this. I remember that stuff. 
I mean, here I am at 50 years old telling you a story about whenever I was 12 years old that really was totally insignificant. I didn't believe in it, but at the same time, it influenced me. Why? Because they were proclaiming at least that this type of person, this type of medium, this type of uh, teller of dreamer or teller of the future wasn't proclaiming to be from the Lord, but yet at the same time, it was still influential on me because she appealed to have some type of secret knowledge. That's what they all do. It's some type of knowledge that I can only get to, and I'll tell you, you can't get to it. And therefore, it has an added effect upon me to the point where I thought, I've thought about it ever since then. You know, I haven't driven a red sports car that I know of, but, you know, I would be a little bit nervous at that point. My feet do hurt. I do. Since I turned 40, I've had neuropathy. And the neuropathy has, I mean, it's been, it's part of the reason why I had to get, take pain pills. And so did I think about what she said? Yes, I did. Do I believe it? Do I think what she had was true and real? No. But at the same time, there is an implicit influence that that had upon me that's different than if she had just said it. If, if I'd been walking by somebody and I sat down and there was a girl who was, uh, talking to me at the same place and she said you know what my feet hurt and you know be careful whenever you're older your feet might start to hurt too and be careful in red sports cars because they're hard to see and people run into them or or whatever i would not have remembered that but she claimed to have secret knowledge therefore it it drilled it into my mind and that's what prophecy does whenever somebody comes up to you and says i have the word from the lord for you it is, I'm not saying they're trying to be manipulative, but whenever they really don't have a word from the Lord, it is absolutely manipulative and can change your life in the most drastic ways. Somebody comes up to you and says, I think I have a word from the Lord for you. I think your wife's cheating on you. That scares you. That will get to you. That will influence you. Why? Because you think that person knows about, you know, wives and cheat. No, because they, you think may just maybe they have, they have a, a insight, divine insight into what's going on in my life. Then what do you do? Well, I mean, <laughs> you go home and you start to be suspicious and maybe you're already a suspicious person. Maybe you this is just your personality. Maybe you have some type of OCD about it. Or maybe you didn't before, but it triggers this. Because it hits you so deeply and you're, you're so scared. Because it was from the Lord. Possibly it was from the Lord. Even if you said, you know, uh, if somebody said, I, I have a word from the Lord for you. Your wife is cheating on you. That's one thing. And that's that'll get you going. But if somebody comes up and says, you know what? I'm not really sure if I have a word from the Lord, but I think I do. I think the Lord is telling me, or I am getting this 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 from the Lord, that your wife is cheating on you. Both of them are the same. I mean, even if you qualify it and make it to where it's possible that it's wrong, you're not you say, I think I'm claiming to be a prophet, but I'm not sure. That type of thing. I don't like that. That doesn't work. I don't think the church can function well with that. And I think people, you're going to have problems, massive problems, especially whenever you're encouraging people, you're encouraging congregations, you're encouraging everybody in front of you to say, hey, listen, not only should you desire prophecy, that's one thing, but everybody here should be a prophet. And that's the Lord's will is for you all to 
get prophecy. It's the Lord's will for it to be normative in our place. So therefore, here's what you're going to do. You're going to start listening to your dreams differently than you do now. You're going to start listening to your thoughts differently. And each time you're going to think, maybe this one's from the Lord. We'll all find stuff. We'll all find it in dreams. We'll all find it in our thoughts. It's easy. There are some thoughts that are more influential. There are some thoughts that are more dominating. Doesn't mean they're from the Lord. But if you tell people that you got to find those thoughts that are from the Lord, we will eventually find something. And then if you tell people, whenever you have those thoughts, you need to proclaim them to others. You need to share it with others because uh, it, it will be for the benefit of all, like 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 14 says. Now, of course, I believe in this. I don't, I don't know if it's going on today. I don't think it is. I, I'm, I don't have any reason to really believe it is, but I have absolutely no reason to think the Lord has stopped doing that. So therefore, I'm open to it. But at the same time, if you say this, you start with this, we'll get to something else later on where you say, you don't have to show any you know, uh, particular signs of a prophet. People should just automatically believe you. I mean, I start with a critical mind. You should also start with a critical mind. I mean, we all have to, don't we? Look at what we're dealing with. Look at the importance of it. Look at the influence that that name has. I mean, there's nothing greater on earth. No uh, name under heaven that is more influential, that is bigger. So we've got to take this carefully. We've got to take it seriously. Well, listen, we've got so much more to do on this. We've got so much more to talk about. Um, this is this is a great subject. I want to keep on going through it, but I, I just want to stop for now, and we'll pick it up back up next time. Uh, I, I want to, all of you who are on YouTube or all of you who are on podcast uh, know that we're on YouTube as well. You can go over there and subscribe and uh, get updates. Subscribe, hit the bell. You'll get updates. If you're on YouTube, hit the bell, get updates. Uh, you can also go to my Patreon page. That's that's the most important thing that I need for you is to go to my Patreon page. That's the place where I get support now and become a member. Be, you, you'll get some prizes. We got some pretty good prizes. But become a member at any level um, and support. That's how I gain my support now. For 20, let's see here. How long has it been? For uh, 15, 16, for 18 years now, <laughs> I've been working off of a system where basically at the end of the month, I try to get all the money that we need for the servers, for credo courses, for credo house, for, for me, for my family, everything else. And it's, it's hard. And I, I, sometimes it's the middle of the month and I have, uh, I, I didn't have, never built an infrastructure. This is my infrastructure. I want to be able to build this to set aside the thoughts of being able having to raise funds or get more money somehow from people. I don't like that. You guys have heard me say that before. I don't like it. I do like this Patreon deal where I just gain lots and lots of people at small amounts, medium amounts, even large amounts. If I get enough, I am going to start the Credo House back up, the Credo House Coffee Shop. Credo House is still going, but the Credo House Coffee Shop where we film and where we have coffee and where we have theological conversation, kind of a theological hub, that idea is still here in my mind. Not saying it's from the Lord, but I, I love the idea. And I want to get it going. I need you guys to become members over there. Patreon, just search for C. Michael Patton. Uh, you see my name here on YouTube. 
uh, right there. Just put it that way. Or put it all together. See Michael Patton without any spaces after patreon.com. Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash C. Michael Patton. There I am. Subscribe, become a member, and listen, we'll talk to you next time. Theology 